So a little bit ago, I had a conversation about vaccinations with someone who basically wanted to know why I, as a priest, got vaccinated. I mean, didn't I have enough faith that God would save me? I was taken aback. I was taken aback by this enormous gap between how I see God's hand in the world, active in the world, and how this person saw. Is from what I see, God is saving us. God gave us the amazing gift of our brains, which has led to the amazing field of medicine, discoveries in medicine. God's given us the gift of people who are called to medical research, called to serve in the medical field, called to use their in intellects in epidemiology. I mean, did we all know what that word meant two years ago? Gifts in immunology. And when I think of all this, these gifts of brains and callings and decades and decades of medical science, and how they've converged to develop vaccines that are effective within just one year, I'm in awe. And especially in awe because medically, COVID-19 is a cousin of the common cold. And we have yet to have a vaccine for the common cold, and that is not due to a shortage of research. So I see God's hand in this. This vaccine that's keeping so many of us out of hospitals, keeping so many of us from death. This is the fruit of God's gifts, the fruit of human labor, the fruit of people using God's give, their God-given gifts of brains and curiosity and inspiration in the service of others, in the service of humanity, in the service of all of us. So who am I to say no to those gifts and demand that God give me the gift of, or that God lead me to rejecting those gifts? This person's question put into relief how our different perspectives of where God is active in the world puts in perspective how much that is what Jesus was asking his disciples when he said, who do you say that I am? It's a question for all of us. Who do we say Jesus is? I mean, virtually all of us here are right, with, right there with Peter. We could pretty confidently say, you are the Messiah. But many of us have very different ideas of what the Messiah means for us in everyday life. Peter got that Jesus was Messiah but he full-on rejected that a Messiah would suffer, that a Messiah would be fully rejected by powers that be, and that a Messiah would be put to death. Now, we all have the benefit of knowing and really being able to hear that last phrase when Jesus said the Messiah will suffer and be rejected and rise again. We know about that rising again. We know about Easter and I'm not sure Peter actually heard that part. And even that part is hard to wrap our minds around. So Peter scolds Jesus and says, no, you're wrong. To which Jesus says, uh-uh, you're wrong. 
The way you're thinking of me is limited. You're thinking of me in ways that are limited to how we understand this world and how you think the world operates and how you think God is active in the world. And I have to say many of us, myself included, have had ideas or still have ideas of who Jesus is, who the Messiah is, that are equally based in worldly understanding and most often based in what we want, what we hope for when we encounter pain and suffering. So who do we say Jesus is when he asks, who do you say that I am? I mean, I have definitely sometimes wanted to think of Jesus as God on demand. Our prayers like a remote control where we can go, go up to the TV or our device and say, oh, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come to this channel. Come when I turn on my, my TV. Come, Lord Jesus, and I'm going to pick and choose what menu I'm going to choose from, and I'm going to pick and choose what show to watch of what you've revealed to them. I've been that. I remember way back praying for healing in my relationships with my family, wanting God to just operate there because I really didn't want God to go to that place in my heart that was struggling with addiction. Healing my family, oh, that's okay to ask for. Yeah, I want that. But I don't want the show about me, the painful show I didn't want to face then. Another favorite of my pill pill. Wanting healing, wanting to escape from pain and suffering. If I could only just pray harder, meditate better. I want to be with Jesus on the top of the mountain, finding peace. I want to go straight to the awe, that mystical, meditative awe. And those are the only stories when we're in that frame of mind that we see in Scripture. And there's also Jesus's unicorns and rainbows. We're just going to ignore the bad stuff. We're going to look at those pretty rainbows. And the rainbows could be real. There are healing stories that are astounding in Scripture. Just walk. The blind see, can't hear, suddenly hear. All is made good. And then there's the big one. We want Jesus, in a sense, to be the Wizard of Oz, to be the great magician, waving a wand to fix the horrors of the world. And I say it's a big one because I have wished that this week. I don't want to face the anniversary of 9-11. I don't want to face 2,900 dead. I don't want to face the thousands of thousands of people killed in the 20 years of war that we've been in. The war in Afghanistan, then Iraq, then back. Couldn't that just go away? Couldn't we just make that nice? Couldn't now that we've brought our troops home, everything be okay? Just ignore PTSD, ignore the impact on our culture on Afghans coming into this country, ignore the poverty and the change in Afghanistan. Yeah, I, I want a Wizard of the Oz God who will make that go away. 
And then I think about our pandemic. LA County, over 25,000 people have died in the last year and a half. When you put that up against 9-11, that's 10 9-11s we've had since March 2020, just in our county and in the U.S. We have over 660,000 people who've died. I pulled out my calculator. That's 227 9-11s. It's hard to wrap our heads around. It's hard to wrap our heads around 9-11 when the buildings come down. And we're not seeing the buildings come down because these are deaths happening all around us. Deaths people don't want to talk about. We're a nation in pain. We're a world in pain. And we're in a world in grief. So these desires for God to be magical, God to take us away, that really is sourced in our pain and in our suffering and in our fear. Because we live in chaos. The reality of the world is we do reel from crisis to crisis. We do live with uncertainty, and that hurts. That chaos and crisis, uncertainty, unknowingness, that all was the way it was when Jesus was alive. So when Peter's saying, I don't want you to suffer, I don't want you to die, I don't want you to be rejected, Jesus tells Peter, well, you're thinking in the world's way, but I have a different way. I have a way that will lead to resurrection. I will have a way that will say the pain and suffering and evil of the world won't rule. But that way is not the way you expect. And it's not the way that is easy for us to deal with. I mean, this gospel reading today is one of the toughest to really take in, that Jesus is asking us to follow him in a different way of love and a way that walks into the suffering, that walks with the suffering, that doesn't deny the suffering. Jesus is asking us to surrender, to surrender to his way and the hard things that his way asks us. He's asking us to surrender to the way of love. And that surrender is a choice we have, to choose love and not fear. Follow me, says Jesus. And that's basically learn a new way. And following me, yeah, you're going to take up your cross just like me. Choose love. Choose love in the biggest picture of divine love, how the divine world works. And don't choose worldly fear. It doesn't mean it'll feel good, but it is the choice, the really hard choice that's before us as Christians. A friend this week emailed me a poem from a book called A Common Prayer. It's not the Book of Common Prayer, which we have in our pews uh, and which we follow. It's a book called A Common Prayer. 
And this poem slash prayer reads, there are only two feelings, love and fear. There are only two languages, love and fear. There are only two activities, love and fear. There are only two motives, two procedures, two frameworks, two results, love. Turning towards love, choosing love in its most raw and truthful form in front of the horrors of the world, this is where Jesus calls us. And turning towards love and turning away from fear, not trying to shove it away or have a magic wand or go up on a mountain and get your chill pill. Facing it bears fruit. It's remarkably, when we walk into that love, some of what we're yearning for when we want to shape God into our image actually comes to be. When we walk in the loves and take up our cross, we're taking up not only the pain of the world, but that love that comes from God, that, that divine acceptance from God. And we're taking on and engaging with one another in the love of the world and loving one another in the way of Jesus. When we walk in this truth and when we surrender to the way of love, we do find serenity within the fear. And that there can be peace beyond all understanding amidst chaos and crisis and suffering, but not a peace that turns it into a, a rainbow. So we have the choice, love or fear. And the prayer today is, May we walk in love as Christ loved us and gave him to God. May we give our under ourselves to the way of love and become an offering to God for this world. Amen.